I'm not pulling out of my driveway. We all know what that means. It's another drive to work coronavirus edition. So what I've been doing is I've been interviewing people because it's actually hard to interview people not sitting next to me in my car and not everybody lives remotely near me. So uh, today I have Chris Mooney. Uh, so say Hello. hi, Chris. Hi. So Chris works with me uh, in R&D and on vision design, um, also does some set design and a bunch of other things. We'll get to that. Um, but I just, the last podcast I interviewed uh, Ari, so uh, Chris and Ari have a, a similar introduction to Wizards. But before we get to that, uh, I actually met you before you were even involved in the great design research. So uh, so you want to talk about the first time we met? Yes. Um, so the first time we met and... So do I not remember the first time we met? I... Maybe. Okay. <laughs> so uh, I'll let, I'll tell you right now. The first time we met was actually at uh, GDC. Okay. Um, I was at uh, that's the Game Developers Conference for anyone who in, in San Francisco. Yeah. Um, uh, Mark did a you know very popular uh, talk about his twenty lessons um, from working on Magic uh, over twenty years. Uh, I was there. I met Mark. Um, and I actually uh, asked him, you know, uh, for advice on how I could one day work at Wizards. Um, what, did, what did I say? And, <laughs> I mean, um, it was funny because so one of the things, the piece of advice that I really knew from from always reading all of your stuff was sort of making sure that you were, you know, well-rounded, that you weren't so focused on one thing because, you know, it really helps in R&D to have multiple different areas of knowledge that you can pull from and multiple different, you know, things you can bring in. Um, and I remember at the time I was worried because I was, uh, I went to school for game design. So I was sort of like, do I, oh, do I only have games? Is that my only sort of well of knowledge? But um, it, it worked out. It all worked out. Um but uh, additionally, which I think uh, the second time we met yeah. was um, when Mark's, Mark was traveling the country to visit colleges uh, with his eldest daughter, and I showed them around my college, which was USC. Yes. So, uh, yeah, one of the things I found early on was when Rachel and I, Rachel's my oldest, uh, when we were doing college searching that I would just get on social media and say, anybody want to show me around? And uh, <laughs> it was very effective. I got a lot of great, great, uh, great tours. So, um, so yes, yeah, so I, I bet you there. Okay, so uh, how did you get involved in Great Design Research 3? How did that happen? Um, so I had just recently graduated uh, from college and I was working at Disneyland at the time, actually. Um, and I just, you know, I love magic. I am online all the time looking at all the stuff. So I saw the announcement. I was like, you know, uh, yeah, it had been a long time since the second one. So uh, I, you know, hadn't really even been thinking about it as a thing that could happen. But when I saw it immediately, I was like, oh, well, of course I have to try doing this. You know, I love magic. Um, it's what inspired me to go to school for game design. Um, so I, uh, you know, sent in my application and then, uh, a long, long process <laughs> followed with many, many nights of working on magic cards. Um, so wait, wait, before, but, we, before we get to the G, yeah. just to real, fill in, when did you start playing magic? Oh, so I started playing magic, um, in middle school. 
which for me, I think is 2006, 2007. What set? What was the first set? Um, so I think at the first set I remember like going to um, was Rise of the Eldrazi. Okay. Um, but I remember for sure that like I was playing with tons of older cards before then, you know, um, I sort of got my I got started with like a Ravnica intro deck and is it Gizmometry uh, <laughs> pre-constructed deck, which was sort of, a, you know, started my lifelong love of is it. Um, and but yeah, I played with sort of these the old, older cards at the time um, to learn how to play with all of my friends, um, especially uh one of my friends had tons of uh, time spirals, specifically lots of planar chaos, which is sort of where, where, <laughs> where similarly where my long, my lifelong uh, annoyance with planar chaos began. I was like, these cards aren't right; they're not doing what they're supposed to do. Okay, so were you around for the Great Designer Search too? Like, were you playing Magic? I was not. So it was before your time. Yeah. Okay. So this was the first Great Designer Search you got to experience directly. Yeah, I, I remember that when I first started, really started getting into magic and learning about like the design and stuff, I, you know, came across the Great Designer Search 1 and 2 online content and sort of went through all of it to see like, ooh, how do they, you know, how do these people do? How do they make the cards? Um, what were sort of the ideas that they had? Um, so for me, it had all sort of been like this relic from before I began actually interfacing with magic. Um, so it was exciting that it was like, oh, this thing that I've seen online and, and read so much about is actually happening now, and I get to be a part of it. Yeah, I'm not sure whether you or Corey is the first employee who is younger, that I've been working at Wizards longer than they've been alive, so. <laughs> okay, so Greatest Ender Search happening, so you uh, sign up. Uh, as I explained when we I did my podcast with Ari, that... Uh, uh, we had 5,000 plus people apply, which was a crazy number, a lot more than the previous ones had. Uh, how'd you do on the multiple choice test? I missed uh, whatever the max you can miss you two. Can miss, I missed it. You I can missed miss two. two. So you got 73 out of 75? Yeah. Um, and okay, so then we got into the car design part of it. Um, what, what, do you, what do you remember of the, 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 all the tests? What, what, what's your, like, thinking back, what do you remember of all the early tests? Do you have any memories? Oh, man. It, uh, do you mean the challenges or sort of the... No, not the challenges yet. Just the, the, the car design test, the multiple choice test, the essays. Right. I, I remember feeling pretty good about the essays and about the multiple choice test. Um, the cards that I submitted um, for sort of that 10-card challenge that was sort of the last hurdle to pass before you made it in as a finalist, that one I remember just being very sort of nervous about how much I was, am supposed to be sort of going outside of the box versus delivering on something that is, uh, you know, sort of closer to what had been printed at the time. Sure. Um, you know, it's funny to think about uh, the cards that I submitted then and about the different things that I sort of was hemming and hawing about, like, ooh, like, you know, would they do a Planeswalker with, like, a static effect or something? And then, you know, for just a couple of years later to be like, yeah, yeah like, that's there's a whole set that has tons of them. Um, okay, yeah. so so I'll, I'll give you a little behind the scenes. Uh, so the way it worked was 94 people did the tests. I, I, I 
I graded them blindly. I literally didn't know who the people were. I just graded them blindly. I put them to three piles, which was yes, no, and maybe. Uh, and then of the yes pile, we, we ended up not using the no's or the maybes. Um, I then showed all the yeses to the other judges. Uh, and there were, uh, there were three judges that were on air. And there's one kind of behind the scenes judge. Um, and we then had a big meeting to pick the top eight. And uh, we divided into three categories for that. There was sh for sure in, probably in, ah, eh, they got to fight for the last lot. Which which of the three were, were you in? Um, I I would like to hope that I was in the for sure in category. You were not. Ah, oh, darn. Uh, you were in the second. You were in the probably in category. All right. um, that you, you were one of the ones with like we fought over the last two slots. You you were in the top six. You we didn't fight over the last two slots, but um, there I think there were three people that like everybody. All the judges said for sure they're in, and we put them in. Uh, and then some of the judges, and I was one of them, uh, liked you, and so uh, enough right. of the judges I, liked you. We I got definitely, you. Definitely, it makes sense for me to be in that medium category, given the res the responses I got from judges for the rest of the process. <laughs> Which were always very divided. <laughs> yes. So okay. So uh, I think in the Ari thing we explained sort of every two weeks you would get a, a thing. So Thursday night you would get an email that had all the judging of all the previous candidates. Someone would get knocked out, uh, and then you would get the challenge for that turned in seventy two hours later on Sunday. Um. So what was your process? How did you how did you handle things? Yeah, so my process was I, you know, on that Thursday, I, I think it's on Thursdays when we got them. So yeah, on Thursday the night, Thursdays, yeah. I would be just obsessively checking my email to, to get the challenge as soon as possible. Um, and from that point forward, I mean, it was basically I would, you know, come up with all sorts of different ideas and I'd write them down in my notebook. Um, you know, I while I was at work, I would be thinking of ideas and on my break, I would like type them in on my phone so I could save them. Um, and then I just tried to, uh, you know, get together with my friends to play test as fast and as often as possible over that time. You know, I really have to thank, um, you know, the friends that were a part of my uh, process that were helping me play test. They were, you know, and, and this is just true of all game design, right? But like play testing is so important. And uh, they really, uh, you know, as much as they could, as, as good as their schedules could get, that they would come and help play test with me. So I'm really, really grateful for them. I, I obviously could not have done it without them. So, so to answer a question, just so people might be, uh, we let them have some play testers. That was, that was part of the process. We let them have play testers. So, um, we knew that they needed to play test. So we, we right. work into the rules that they get a play tester. So people wondering and, like, what's going on? Sort of, yeah, the, the rules were sort of like they couldn't really submit cards to you or submit their own ideas, but they were there to play test and help give feedback. And really, that that's the most important part to like try out an idea and see how they respond and if they work or don't work and then go back to the drawing board. Um, that was my general plan. But obviously, for each uh, challenge, things were so different. Right. Some of them were really focused on individual cards and trying to make each one as good as possible. And other challenges were about trying to, you know, for the mechanic one, for instance, try to make a mechanic and, and have explore everything you could over the, the ones. I think the main thing that I spent a lot of time thinking about was uh, when I submitted cards for the challenge, making sure that I was trying to hit all sorts of different angles 
right? So it's like some of them being very simple, some of them being splashy, exciting rares, some of them going into new space, some of them exploring familiar space, just trying to sort of hit the hit as many different notes as possible in so few cards. So, so one of the things that went on during the judging was, so there were, every set had, we had three judges, and like I said, there was a behind-the-scenes fourth judge that was also judging, although not on screen, and then we had guest judge for everyone. Um, and so what we would do is we would grade you for the challenge, and then we'd grade you overall, because we'd always kick up the lowest overall. Um, so you, I don't know how much behind-the-scenes set, I don't know if you know this, you were very um, polarizing. Uh, <laughs> I I could definitely tell that from the comments that I received on my yeah, card. Yeah, so, there, like, for example, I know going into the, the final challenge, it was like, for sure, barring, like, Armageddon, we're inviting Ari and Jeremy. We knew that. And, like, who's the third person? We're not sure. That that was kind of the third challenge. And uh, you you definitely snuck into the third slot to, 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 get, to get in. <laughs> um. But yeah, the thing that I remember about you, uh, one of the things that was interesting that I, I liked was you were very bold in your choices in, in your challenges. <laughs> um, like a lot of other people would be a little more conservative and you just never did that. You're like, I'm going to do whatever, you know. Like I remember when you picked Haunt as your mechanic and I was like, wow, <laughs> yeah, that yeah. is... Because for those that don't know, I, I, I'm not a big fan of Haunt and I know Chris knows I'm not a big fan of Haunt. So it was <laughs> yep. a very, a very well, bold definitely... choice. I definitely thought a lot about it because I was like, you know, do I really want to, uh, I was very much afraid of just sort of like it being seen as like a taunt. Like I was just sort of was like, I'm going to choose the thing that you really don't like. Um, but you know, I thought that I, I had a good idea for what to do. Yeah, no, you you did, you did well. So, okay. So you, you get to wizards, so you make top three. So Mm -hmm. what, what was it like walking to wizards for the first time? What was that like? Uh, it was pretty, it was pretty awesome. I remember that, uh, I got, uh, on site. So, uh, there's a, we were in a hotel that was right next to Wizards of the Coast. It was a hotel right next to the building. Um, so we were in that hotel and I remember getting there a little bit early. I had maybe an hour or something before wherever I had to be. Yeah, we had um, dinner that first night. And just getting, and just walking like around the building, um, that I, you know, had seen in pictures and stuff and being like, wow, there it is. It's really there. Um, the, uh, and being inside, I mean, it's, it's difficult to think of now that I've been inside so often. Um, but being in there and getting to see sort of the walls with the concept art and all of the sort of, uh, different things that were going on was really exciting. Um, it definitely felt like, you know, I, I think this is a metaphor that a lot of people, you know, would use, but it, it's totally a Willy Wonka in the chocolate factory thing of like, there's this cool place where they make awesome stuff that you have heard about and you can't really go in and getting to finally go in and just see all of it going on was, uh, yeah, really awesome. Okay. So I, once again, I, we explained this in Ari's thing, but, uh, you did a three hour interview where you did three, one hour interviews. You th- we mm-hmm. did, then had lunch. Then we did uh, a live challenge um, which I think took two hours, mm-hmm. uh, and then we announced the winner. So how what, what, how do you feel? How do you feel about the both the interview and the uh, live challenge? So um, I, you know, and Eric Flower has called me out on this front, but 
I played this sort of great designer search game very tactically in that I was really aiming to get uh, into the top three and, and sort of get the visit um, and, and hedged a lot of bets along the way. Um, and I did that because I, you know, felt confident. I was like, if I can get there, if I can interview, I think that I have a good shot. Um, just from, you know, being in college and doing lots of interviews there, um, and, and getting sort of a good, a lot of good, ex uh, interview experience and good feedback on my interviewing skills. So, uh, I wasn't nervous at all going into the interviews. I mean, there's always some nerves, but I wasn't, I wasn't any more nervous than normal. I was like, I think I got this, you know, all of my schooling has sort of prepared me for, for this step of the process. So I really, uh, I felt good going into that. Um, it, the, the live challenge was the part that I was a lot more nervous about because I, um, am not that good under extreme time pressure. Uh, I, for anyone who, you know, I, I talk about this a lot, but for anyone who says, I have ADHD. So having sort of a specific time to work on things can really sort of freak me out sometimes. Um, and I think I did okay in that challenge. Um, not as good as I would have liked to do. Uh, but that was certainly far more nerve wracking and, you know, anxiety inducing, uh, of the parts of that day. Yeah. So what happened while well, I just real quickly, uh, so we ranked you for both of those. I, I, like we all these judges, you got ranked. So you ranked first in the interview and you ranked third in the live challenge. Not, not that you yeah. did bad in the live <laughs> challenge, but, uh, our, our and Jeremy just did a little better than you did. Um, yeah. but, uh, so anyway, the, but you did very, very well in the interview. I, I think that's what, uh, probably got you the, the, the internship down the road. So, um, okay. My, so my master plan, it, it worked. It, it worked. Hey, <laughs> um, okay. So, uh, now the one thing that's different between you and Ari is Ari won. So Ari's job was actually like Ari report. I don't know if he reported to me, but for all intents and purposes, he was just working with me most of the time. Um, you got another job in R and D. Mm -hmm. It wasn't, uh, um, can we, I guess what, what we can say, we can. It, it, it's that public. game is, yeah. you know, it, it's in sort of early soft launch right now. Um, but it is announced. It is, uh, spell slingers, which is a mobile card battler, um, that, you know, I was, when I first came to wizards, that was the game I was primarily working on, um, with the other sort of, uh, Spellslinger's designer design team uh, within, you know, Wizards R&D. Yeah, so the way it worked real quickly is we had one slot for the winner. We had that slot. Um, and I, I liked Chris, so we were trying to find a slot for Chris. And um, the slot we had with this slot working on, on Spellslinger, so... Um, right, and it made a lot of sense given my, you know, my education formally is in digital games. Um, so... I was able to sort of bring some of my knowledge of digital games and the things that they require and the different types of designs to help work on that team. Right. And so what happened was uh, most of your time was on Spellflingers. And then I, I, I negotiated some portion of your time to work on stuff. Um, and like, like, just like Ari, you started as an, it was an internship and um, the internship was six months, I think. Or did uh, we, were, we were contractors, but yeah, contractors. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. initial contract was six months, and right. then um, I extended for the full year. Okay, and then after that, I was converted to full time. Yes. So, um, 
And that that all behind that behind the scenes was because uh, at, at the time there just wasn't a slot, and so uh, I fought this very uphill battle to try to make a slot where there wasn't a slot. But uh, luckily, Magic did well, so you can thank all the audience for buying Magic. That that, right, that helped yeah, you do your job. Thanks everyone, and, and thanks just also for that that awesome year of Magic. Tons of like War of the Spark and yeah. Modern Horizons and and Eldraine. Just everything did so well that year. Um, yeah. Yeah, and Magic is a hungry monster that is really more and more people join the team. It seems uh, every couple months. So. Yeah, yeah, no, my, no. Uh, okay, so um, let's talk a, a little bit about things you've done that the audience has seen. So right. first of all, we'll talk about Unsanctioned. So, yes, Unsanctioned. Um, I had a huge hand in Unsanctioned. <laughs> so you were both on. Uh, you worked with Max, right, on the deck on the deck building, like like. Uh, yep. We hired an outside person named Gabby who did the initial work on it, and then you and Max did the, I don't know, developmental, whatever we want to call it, work. Um, yeah, Max had some sort of uh, loose initial lists. Um, but when I stepped in to help in, I basically uh, did a lot of research trying to figure out, you know, what are the most popular uncards? What are the most fun ones? Uh, we, we basically re- rebuilt the entire deck list. Um, and basically... Uh, after that first initial rebuild, not too much changed. It was pretty much we rebuilt the decks from scratch, and from there uh, it went forward to what you see in the final product. Right, and the second thing was, so I, I was in charge of the new cards. Uh, there were originally 15, ended up being 16 new cards. Um, and so you, me, and Ari did the vast majority of the design of the new cards. <laughs> yes. um, yeah. It was largely a people who sit next to Mark Rosewater <laughs> design team <laughs> contribution to that one. Well, I mean, one of the things that's, that's interesting is uh, uncards are actually very hard to design. Mm-hmm. Um, I yep. mean, I, I've done it for a long time, so I'm more used to it. But uh, whenever I get new people to do them, it's tricky. It is hard because it's a very – like you have to understand magic well enough to know what black border is and what's not black mm-hmm. border. And anyway, it's very tricky. But uh, so you did a bunch of the cards – so yeah. see, see if I uh, see if see if I can remember your card. So you did. I know for sure you did um, Alexander Clamilton. That was yours. Yep. <laughs> uh, I think you did the the flavor judge, at least the the mechanic of it, or yeah. the, ver- the version we did. Um, you did yeah, Boomstacker boom was yours. Yes, Boomstacker. That was probably one of the most fun days that I've had. Was the day that I came up with Boomstacker, and then I got you know, three or four other designers to waste, like, you know, 20 minutes trying to see how many dice they could stack on it. Um, but that was a fun play test. <laughs> uh, you did Spirit of the Season, right? Yep. Um, what am I forgetting? Am I forgetting? Oh, and then you you tweaked um, you tweaked the turkey. What's it called? Strutting, tur- <laughs> strutting turkey? Yes. Yeah, the, so one of the things that happened on the turkey, for, this is a good example of, I think I had figured out that I wanted to regrow um small creatures because white hadn't done that yet and we were looking for abilities but it was tricky because we wanted it to use uh we wanted to get um um augment but but we you're the one that figured out how to make that happen so that that's an interesting example where some of chris's stuff on this was it wasn't that he came up with the idea but he figured out how to execute on it yeah greg and i um greg's the editor yeah, Greg, the editor, and I, we, we sort of had to, we figured out a couple of the tricky wordings on some of these, yeah. Um, did I forget anything of the cards? Um, I don't 
see. Yeah, I don't think so. Just look looking through the list right here. Um, yeah. Yep. Basically building the deck list and making those cards. Um, also, I guess helped out with like Underdome. Yes, uh, yes, yes. That's true. Underdome. Was, yeah. Yeah. Underdome was sort of a came out of us playing with the product and being like, you know, oh, we really would love to have just a little bit more ability to activate sort of the off color activations. Um, and we wanted to do a sort of goofy silver border card that doesn't technically work within the black border rules, but you know, you get what it does. Okay. So interestingly, unsanctioned was not the first silver border product that you had come out. It was not. So what, what was the other silver border product you worked on? I also worked on the extra life, my little pony promo cards. Um, and yeah, it was pretty funny that between that and uh, unsanctioned, I did so much silver border design uh, when I started. I really didn't expect to do that many uh, silver border cards right off the bat. Um, so what was it like doing My Little Pony? Yeah, that uh, that was a lot of fun. Um, I worked with Ken Nagel, who was sort of the the head designer in charge of that, um, and the two of us came up with you know the cards that you saw get printed. Um, Really, it was just sort of a, a a stroke of chance, really, that I I helped out with that because I was just um, you know looking through our sort of internal database and I was like Twilight Sparkle, <laughs> what what's going on? Um, and I found those cards. I sort of asked about it, and I I love the idea of it. I think that they're super fun and uh, you know cute. Uh, I was a big fan of the show a long time ago, um, so I was like really happy to to help bring these characters uh, into Magic, um, and also help with you know the charity that they were eventually for. Yeah. Okay. So here's the question I asked Ari. I'll ask you the same question. Um, so you essentially were an outsider. You're someone who played Magic, but all of a sudden you're working at Wizards. You know, all of a sudden mm. you're in R and D. What what is that like? Like what 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 is it like to sort of go from outsider to insider? Yeah, so uh, the going from being on the outside to being on the inside, the first, the initial coming in has this huge learning curve where you you've got to sort of catch up on you know R and D is working you know one to two years ahead depending on what part of the process they're in, um, and so basically learning all of that stuff to catch up to where they are is just this huge undertaking. I remember, yeah, in my first week, I was reading through, like, uh, a great example is the Tuesday of the week that I started was the day that uh, the whole, you know, the whole studio got a look at the final version of War of the Spark. <laughs> so it's my second day on the job, and I'm <laughs> getting a first look at this set that has you know, 30 some odd planeswalkers and, yeah. uh, you know, all these proliferate cards and these like God eternals. And it, it was an uh, insane experience, but so reading through sets like that and reading through modern horizons, there's a lot of stuff to catch up on. Um, and then after that, I think it's sort of the big change is going from, you know, I used to be one of the people who would be super engaged online that I would just constantly be checking um, Twitter and Reddit and uh, anywhere I could get information about magic and going from being the, the person who was looking for that to being the person who had that information on um, huge shift. Uh, and really all it has done is I'm now, I now obsessively look for information inside. I'm like, instead of like, Ooh, when are they going to announce something? I'm like, Ooh, what's the creative team working on? Ooh, what, what is play design change this week? I love just sort of seeing what all different parts of the company are working on and, and how we're, 
we're all pushing forward um, for the next, you know, awesome things that are going to be revealed. So what is the, from what you expected R&D to be, from what it is, what was the biggest thing you didn't expect? I think the, the biggest surprise to me was probably um, how uh, the structures of the teams. So to give some context, so I went to college for game design and in my game design program, right, it, it works like a normal college. You've got different classes that are scheduled at different times of the day. And then in between those classes, you're going to do homework. You have projects that stretch out for a long amount of time and so on and so forth. Um, and I wasn't really prepared for how similar that was going to be to the way that Wizards works, which is that, you know, at any given time, uh, as someone working in, you know, R&D, you've got multiple teams that you're a part of. Each of those teams has a schedule. They meet at certain times in the week. Uh, and they have projects that go and you have homework that you do in between each one. So it was really almost identically structured to college, which is not something that I expected. Um, I think that a lot of the times uh, when you're on the outside, the way that you receive sets is so structured where it's like, you know, OK, Eldraine is coming out. So we're really focused on Eldraine. And then now Theros is coming out. So we're really focused on Theros. And I think uh that's a big difference from the way that it works internally when you're always on multiple teams. So you're always thinking about multiple sets that are at different times of the process and how they all interact with one another and what sets have which needs. Um, that is a big sort of surprise to me because I think I was thinking that like, oh, a team that's working on a set would be focused on that set really hard for a long period of time when really it's more that everybody has a smaller amount of focus on many different sets, which is great because it means that you get all of those different perspectives on, on each one as it goes through the process. So what, so, I mean, we're, we're I'm, I'm, I'm almost to work. Um, so we'll wrap <laughs> up here. Um, so what is, I mean, you now have been there about a year and a half, right? It'll be two years in, yep. this, uh, in August. Okay. A little more than a year and a half. Um, what, as somebody from the inside, talking to a whole bunch of people now on the outside, um, what is the thing that is, I don't know, most interesting to you about the insider view that maybe the outsiders don't know, that it's just something that's, you'd like to like share with the people about what it's like in life on the inside? Mm -hmm. I think that the one thing that I wish people knew, sort of, uh, now that I've been on the inside, is that, uh, you know, Wizards tries, uh, many people at Wizards uh, put in the effort to sort of interact with the community. You as a big example of someone who does a lot of, you know, interaction with people and responding to their questions and really engaging with them. Um, but tons of other people at Wizards who maybe don't have the time um, or the experience to do that are still always online, always sort of reading the feedback, getting a sense for what people are saying um, and really trying to listen to that feedback. So I guess for the people on the outside, you know, uh, sometimes you might sort of feel like, oh, I, I, I give feedback online, but I don't feel like anyone's really listening. I, trust me, people inside are definitely listening. They might not always respond. They might not always have the answers or might not always have the time to, but they really do uh, constantly check to see what people are thinking. So your voice is definitely being heard, uh, even if 
uh, not everyone is like Mark and they can't always respond to you right away. Yeah, it's funny that if you like write something somewhere on the internet, like I I'm like, yeah, 30 R&D people might have read that. I mean, like people don't realize <laughs> how much uh, R&D really is actively seeking out. We want feedback. And like I said, yeah, some of us are a little more public about it, but um, there's nobody I know that works in R&D that doesn't like part of their day isn't let's go see what the, the audience is saying and read about stuff. Right. And, and we yeah. share things all the time where like, um, if we see a certain post, we'll share the post, you know, internally so people can see stuff. Yep. Um, okay. Well, I, I've made it to my den. So, uh, <laughs> uh I need to wrap up any, any final thoughts before I, I, I make it to work. Um, thanks for having me. You know, I, I, given that we don't live anywhere near one another, I kind of figured like, Oh, I'll probably never be on Mark's show. So, um, it was, it was great to be a guest. Yeah. You finally made it. So anyway, guys, I made it to my den. So we all know what that means. It means this is the end of my drive to work. So instead of talking magic with Chris, it's time for me to be making magic. So I'll see you guys next time. Bye-bye.